What's it like walking around looking like a lumberjack all day, every day? <laughs> I don't know. It's fine, I guess. I don't feel like a lumberjack. Do you ever wear flannel? Occasionally. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, you got the big hefty beard there. The tats. Yeah. Yeah. I don't chop trees down, though. No? Yeah. All right. It seems but, like it'd be good exercise. Yeah, it would. <laughs> So with that, welcome to episode 23 of Stories from a Bar. I'm your host, Chris Osborne, and exciting episode today because I'm hanging out with Chad Foster, tattoo artist and owner of I&I Tattoo here on Upper Union Street in Schenectady. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Good? You're a busy guy. Hard to pin down, but thanks for uh, fitting this in, man. I appreciate it. I'm glad to do it. So for this episode, we're doing something different. First for the podcast, recording at the actual tattoo shop, which is cool. And this is the first time I've been here since you've fixed up the upstairs. It's quite the setup you got going on here. I like it. A lot of space. (laughs) And natural lighting. Natural lighting. You're overlooking the main road. Was there even a little balcony at one point? Oh, there's a little balcony here. (laughs) I could have done it out there, but it's way too windy. No, yeah, it's too noisy with the cars and things like that. So, of course, I'm coming back to I&I because you did the Tree of Life tattoo on my forearm. A little over a year ago now, man. That went that was that went by quick. Real quick. Came out good, healed up good, still looks great. And on a side note, I got a gift card for Christmas to oh, put yeah. towards a new tattoo. Yeah. So we'll have to talk about that after a little bit. Even came with a bottle of wine. Oh nice. <laughs> yeah, my family knows me well. <laughs> so we'll talk a lot about the shop, but first, why don't we take a little time to get to know Chad? Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I mean, we talked, of course, a little bit, getting to know each other. You went to Mahanison, right? Local high school? Yeah, there. for my last couple of years of high school. Yeah. When did you actually graduate? I, I, of course, went there, too, before I moved to South Carolina. What year were you um, in, though? I graduated in 99. Okay, so your brother Judd must have been in the same year I was, which would have been 2001. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Do you have any other brothers, or is it just Judd? Uh, Judd's my younger brother, and then I have an older brother. Oh, you do? Yeah. All right. What's your older brother's name? Todd. Todd. All right. Don't know Todd. A whole bunch of Ds. (laughs) Isn't that the point of brothers? I guess. (laughs) So you went to Mahanasan. Were you from the area here, or did you move here? Uh, I moved here. I, I was born in Kroger Lake. Oh, all right. So I went to school in Wheelerville and then ended up in Johnstown. Ah, oh, Johnstown. I went to uh, Fulton Montgomery out there for a year. Okay. And there is nothing out there. Not, not much, no. No, that one, because I'd have a couple hours to kill between classes. I'm like, I got nowhere to go. Yeah, it, it's pretty barren, but... What you end up doing after high school? Uh... The day I walked across stage, I packed up my 87 GMC Jimmy with the door tied shut with an extension cord and <laughs> drove to Atlanta, enrolled in school down there and quit that promptly. Oh, really? Yeah. I had intended to go to school for music business, but I really just wanted to be a rock star and it wasn't. I had that dream. Of course, I never followed through or even tried to. Was there a big music business program down there? Or no, did you just wanted to go to Atlanta? There wasn't. Yeah, my older brother already lived there. There was no music program at all. It was like basically <laughs> taking like your basic music course 
in a business class and somehow I placed in advanced math, which it took me three years to pass course two up here. Really? So I was like, yeah, this isn't working out. But I, it didn't, I started bouncing as soon as I got there at a nightclub. And so going from five o'clock in the morning to a seven o'clock class because oh, God. weeks, yeah. I was like, no, this isn't for me. I've only been in to Atlanta once and I, cause I was going to pick up a buddy that was stranded at the time when I lived down South, it was like a two and a half hour drive from where I was. It's the worst traffic by far I have ever had the misfortune of being in. It's, it's pretty gnarly. I can understand why NASCAR is popular because you <laughs> get to drive somewhere to see people drive fast or at reasonable speeds. Like, oh God, how long were you down there for? Uh, three years. Oh, all right. I was down there for three hours. <laughs> so moved down there, ended up coming back with you. How, what did you end up doing when you came back? Um, I did everything. I ended up coming, well, while I was there, my brother quit high school to come down because he also wanted to be a rock star. <laughs> so we were like, all right, cool. We're bringing the Sofa Kings to Atlanta and... Oh, that's right. The Sofa Kings. Did, the, did you guys, you were in the band, the Sofa Kings. Did that start up here and it, then you guys moved down there? Yeah, it started oh, right. up here. Then I left. My brother followed. We had two, the other two players that were from up here came down and didn't last six months. One of them only lasted overnight. Oh, wow. So we had... Re- it took him longer to get there, probably. <laughs> it was something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we reformatted the band, became more of a heavy metal band. Got new players down there, and then we had some legit success. We were doing pretty good down there, and we got approached by uh, this dude named Anthony Dent, who was a producer for Sony AMI, and he he was the producer who made uh, Destiny's Child Survivor. That's <laughs> really yeah, and we we'd started working with them and things just started to fall apart again my brother started getting like super bad panic attacks i know i've seen the band once when you guys were active somewhere in albany maybe it was jillian's at the time oh yeah could be was judd the singer yeah okay yeah i knew that because i could picture it in my mind at least once yeah jillian's was a like a nationwide competition we were in oh is that what it was yeah and we won the northeast region and we had a drive to kentucky to compete against like 10 other bands holy shit it was really cool were you guitar or bass? Guitar. That's right. All right. Man, that was feels like forever ago. You're not kidding. <laughs> what got you inter- so interested in music? I don't know. I just always loved music. Nice. I started playing guitar when I was like 12 and just, you know, I, I wasn't a huge fan of playing in front of people mm-hmm. until I started playing heavy metal and like the energy that was involved. And I was like, fuck yeah. This is- <laughs> This is what I want to do. It's going balls to the wall, all out. Yeah. So the band got together up here, I assume just like friends from high school or... When we initially got yeah. together? Yeah. Uh, well, it was a whole different group after you Yeah, when we yeah. came back, that was, that was when we actually started doing stuff. And uh, yeah, that was a whole different crew. <laughs> always me and Judd, though. It was, that was one constant that was never going to change. So you live in North Carolina now? Big barbecue guy, right? He lives in Georgia. Oh, it's Georgia. Carrollton, Georgia. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I see some of his posts. Is he doing barbecue? Yeah. Right? yeah. It looks definitely looks delicious. He's That's killing for sure. it. He's he's a master of his craft. I give him I give him props. Nice. 
So when did you start thinking about tattooing? Oh, fuck. It was, it was never even a thought, really. <laughs> while, just kind of while I was playing music. It's just part of, it seemed, yeah, it's a big, yeah, it kind of goes hand in hand. I was getting tattoos, and then we had uh, one of our bigger shows, and it was closer to the end of us actually playing out anymore. Just shortly, I think it was after I got my wife pregnant for our first kid. I came off stage after playing with Power Man 5000, and this kid oh, was wow, like... Oh, wow, you guys played with Power Man? <laughs> yeah, we played with him like three times. Holy shit. Um, and this kid was like, hey, man, I want you to autograph my stomach. I was like, cool. And of course, I was hammered. <laughs> and at Northern Lights, he he had his tattoo kit like set up in the far corner of Northern Lights. He's like, now nah, I want you to put it on my stomach with this. I was like, fucking, that's a stupid idea. So he wanted you to give him a tattoo? Which you had never done before at that never. point? Never. <laughs> I was like, yeah, give me that. I'll do it. Right, Fuck, it was terrible, but <laughs> but I did it. Hopefully wow. he's got it covered up at this point. That's amazing. I was going to ask you what, if you remembered your first one, but yeah. That, that's definitely <laughs> it. I mean, I remember my second one when I was actually intending to do one. What was the second one? I wrote mom on my brother's ass. <laughs> Unfortunately, he shows me every time. He comes to town. There was, uh, you just reminded me, years ago, I was hanging out with a buddy of mine. We were just hanging out at his place having drinks. For some reason, he gave me and his brother a marker, and we were writing stuff on his back, or draw. he wanted us to draw something, so instead I wrote, insert here with an arrow pointing down above his ass. It never told him, and his brother just played it off like it was what it was. Didn't know it was there the next day when he was at the gym and went to shower. (laughs) Until I think a stranger pointed it out. (laughs) Like, that's fantastic. I guess that could have gone worse for him, I guess. Yeah. At least they were kind enough to point it out to him. Verbally. Yes. Yes. I should probably mention that. Just following what the rules. (laughs) That's what it said. So were you always into art and drawing or stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, I was, especially when I was young. Kind of, I got away from it when I started playing music. And after that kid <clears throat> had me tattoo his stomach, it, like I realized that, that he was going to people's homes, you know, not doing it the proper way, but he was making a, a side hustle. Yeah. I was like, huh. So I, just, I was like, hey, Ma, you can buy me a tattoo kit for Christmas. She was like, okay. And the rest is history. So I take it the family was fairly supportive when you wanted to go into tattooing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they weren't against it. I didn't know what I was doing. I was working three jobs. I was working as a teaching assistant for handicapped kids. Oh, wow. And then I was cleaning toilets for Scotia Glenville at night. And then I'd leave there and go bounce at Lark Tavern all night. Oh, wow, Lark Tavern. I haven't been there in a long time. Yeah. I worked there till it burned down the first time, and then... Oh, that's right, was, it burned down. I was finally like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> how bad, I mean, were you ner- Well, you, were, if you were, had a few drinks, how nervous were you when you went to tattoo those first few? Oh, I shook like a fucking leaf. <laughs> it, it, took, it took me a long time before I got confident. I can't, yeah, I got to imagine that's hard to get used to. Especially because nobody taught me, so I was like, "All right, let's figure this out." And and of course, back then, you don't have 
things like YouTube now where you, you could literally teach yourself anything. I look and, shit up all the time. You could learn how to yeah. build a rocket if you wanted to. <laughs> you know, it's, you know. Is, uh, so when you're starting out like that, just on the side, is it tough to find people willing to let you tattoo them? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I guess I'm not surprised. <clears throat> People like free shit, even if it's terrible shit. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess I shouldn't be but surprised. I, I thought I was good. I didn't know it better. Have you done any of your own? I've done too many of my own. <laughs> lot, lot, the, lots of Really regrets. the proving ground? <laughs> yeah. How long was it before you started to think about doing it, you know, taking it more serious and opening a shop then? Um, opening a shop didn't really cross my mind. You know, it took a couple of years before I was like, huh, you know, I'm making enough on a side hustle. I'm like, this is worthwhile. Maybe I should get into a shop. And I, I'd gone, I'd worked in three, well, actually I tried to get an apprenticeship and most of the guys locally were like, fuck no, we're not giving you. So I was like, all right, cool. I'll do it myself. And I, uh. I ended up working in some fucking skanky hood shops. Not, not long stints in either, but... Uh, got to start somewhere. Yeah. I tried it out. I ended up back home. I got better. And then I landed in another shop for, I don't know, probably like three years. And I amassed such a big clientele that I was like, man, why why am I paying to work for somebody else? Yeah. It's, it's time to... So you're basically renting the space? Is that how it works? Yeah. Generally, you pay like a percentage of everything you do. Oh, okay. And when you stop tattooing people off the street, you're like, well, well, I don't need this anymore. Let me let me make my own thing. Let's, oh, yeah. let's go from there. And so I did, and I opened I&I, &I, and it was a private shop. Like I put it in the back of an industrial park. Mm -hmm. It was super nice inside, but it was small. You couldn't. You wouldn't be able to find me unless you knew how to find me because I had the clientele where I could just be like, hey, you know. People that knew what they were walking into. Yeah. And it was just by referrals. I didn't want people walking off the street randomly. Oh, yeah. It was it was the sweetest deal, man. Like, I get done working, shut the lights off, leave, go do whatever, whatever you please. So when did you open the shop here on Union Street? Almost five years ago. Oh, it's been that long already. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, it's gone by it's super quick. <laughs> Where'd the name come from, I and I? Um, there's kind of like two takes on it. The long and short version. Short version is like I and I alone. You know, I, uh, I right. did it all on my own. Nobody else's help. And it's also like my favorite band, one of my favorite band songs uh, from... Uh, Shit, I can't even. It's Shadows Fall, The Power of I and I. Yeah. So it just kind of I know the me. band, I, like, I don't know the song. I was like, oh, The Power of I and I. It's not just a name, it's like a motto. It's like you can do whatever you want to do if you make it happen. There's an old punk band. I don't, not American. I can't remember what country they're from, but they were called I Against I. And that's what I thought of. And I still think of that when I see the name sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I see the drummer of Shadows Fall every once in a while. Oh, he's really? like, you owe me royalties. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll tattoo you. <laughs> so, have they been in? Uh, he's, he stops in to say hi every once in a while, but we don't. I haven't tattooed him uh, yet. So when you decided to move out of the industrial complex and find a place, was it tough trying to find a place? 
What was it about this place that you liked? <clears throat> I pass this place every day on my way to pick up my daughter at daycare. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of the few places left in Schenectady that's not one filled with tattoo shops. And is it's like a small community up here. There's lots of like just small business owners and shops all the way down this strip. Yeah, it is. That's one thing I like about Union Street. That's what it is. It's a bunch of small shops and like local business owners. Yeah, so I, mean, I mean, it's cool when the weather's nice, not when it's snowing and windy uh, and cold it's, like it's it is right now. It's always a wind tunnel. <laughs> But I I had my eye on it. I figured it was, like, if you looked into the, the glass windows out front, it was jam-packed full of, like, electrical equipment and drywall. Like, the, mm-hmm. the guy that owned it just, he owned so many buildings. He just used it as storage for all of his shit. And I, was, I messaged him, and he got back to me instantly. He's like, yeah, you want it? I was like, shit, yeah. And mainly the thing that sold me are these the ceilings that are downstairs. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely gorgeous this is their original right this yeah. is like an old building too yeah. right i love the vibe downstairs it's really cool that water wall yeah is pretty awesome yeah i had that in my my private shop one of my clients built that for me it's a pain in the ass to upkeep but it's cool <laughs> are you surprised i mean you guys like you said you were building a client base shop took off pretty quick right it really grew in popularity since you guys have opened yeah are you surprised yeah. at all by how fast it's caught on? Or? I don't know if I'm surprised. I mean, I bust my ass. and one. There's always, a lot of work being a tattoo artist, right? It's more work being a business owner. Oh, well, yeah. But that, I, that's what I've, I've always considered myself a businessman first. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm good at promoting things. I always have been. You know, we, we didn't get halfway decent following around here as a band by... You know, just being good. We weren't that fucking good. <laughs> but we made it a good time and we prom- promoted the hell out of it. And that, you know, that's what I try and do here. Well, shit, you got, you're getting popular enough to open a second shop, right? Just announced that the other week? Yeah. Over in yeah. Gilderland, right? Yep. Yeah. How's that going? It's, What's the plan there? Oh, just waiting on permits and contractors. <laughs> um, it, it's going to be super dope. And Where in Gilderland was it? Directly across the street from the high school, Gilderland Center. Oh, all right. There's yeah. a big deli in there. <clears throat> and it, it used to be a church, some kind of new age church. But the, the space is amazing. It's been a while since I've been over there. I'm trying to picture it. So you're going to be splitting your time between shops? or Till I can staff it fully, yes. <laughs> but, I'm sure uh, you have a lot of people eager trying to... No. No? No. A lot of people want to learn to tattoo, but, you know... A lot of the good tattooers have a home. And if you're smart, you know, you don't jump around. Yeah, because then people will have a hard time finding you. Yeah, and yeah. It, a lot of tattooers love to, like, they love the the freedom to just go here and there. You know, and like a hairstylist, if you stay put, your clientele is always going to know where to find you. Yeah. You know, people don't follow. Some do, but not not many. <laughs> Is there a particular style you enjoy tattooing? Obviously, there's a lot. I mean, it's just like my musical taste, man. I I like it all. I mean, I've really started to gravitate towards like a black and gray realism with like, Mm -hmm. I call it abstract, but it's more like splattered paint strokes. Okay. Something about it just... I do enjoy the... Yeah, you've posted some awesome pictures of abstract stuff that I've seen. Yeah, I I enjoy it. Something about it just it 
it rings with me internally. I don't know how to convey it truly, but you know, it, people love it. Interesting question I just thought of. I can't believe I didn't think of this sooner. What was your first tattoo? First one I got? Yeah. Uh, I got a Celtic cross on my shoulder. Oh, all right. In Atlanta. In Atlanta. When I lived in South Carolina, we're talking, I moved back up here 15, around 15 years or so ago. Tattooing, or at least owning and operating tattoo shops were illegal. Makes sense. And so it was funny because the first thing you would see when you cross the border basically in any direction was a tattoo shop. So my first couple were done in North Carolina because that's where I ended up having to go. <laughs> okay. But, and yeah, so mine are split. I lost, I think I'm up to six. Yeah, split between here and North Carolina. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm going down to a convention in Fayetteville, North Carolina at the end of February. Nice. Yeah, uh, the last one I did down there was in Asheville. Asheville. I don't remember the name of the shop. Did good work. I liked it. But uh, we had, my friend and I had gotten there early, and it was summertime, so it was fucking hot out. We had time to kill just walking around, so I was overheated going in there, and I actually almost ended up passing out. Yeah, yeah that happens. <clears throat> when someone walks in the door, can you judge how big of a wimp you think they're going to be? No. <laughs> Are you ever surprised by people's reactions? Sometimes, but I'm, I'm generally a good judge of character. It's usually the, the big, tough country boys that, that love working on four-wheelers and hunting that uh, they want to go straight for their ribs or they're like, ah, oh, it's fine. I didn't need to eat. I'm like, yeah, man, <laughs> so, you, you do need to eat. And then, <laughs> then they hit the floor. Have you had people pass out? Yeah. Not, not too, too often, but it happens. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, what do you wish people knew before they come in for a tattoo? I'm curious about pet peeves. You see a lot of, you know, other on top of don't be a dick, but and don't come in drunk. Yeah, generally don't come in drunk. But I did tattoo at the Harley Rendezvous for like three years, and everybody was <laughs> avoid hammered. coming in hammered. Yes, yeah, so definitely avoid it. Is, that, uh, that's, it's a, it's more of a behavior control. Is it and decision making? I thought role. I heard this. Do you bleed more? You bleed more if you if you've had a substantial booze, amount. Right? Yeah, for sure. But I don't know. I don't have too many pet peeves. I mean, don't bring nine million people with you. Oh, God. Sometimes that's a pain in the ass. But I, generally, I don't, I don't complain about much. You've definitely done some interesting tattoos from uh, <laughs> pictures I've seen. Yeah. Do you sometimes have to hold your tongue when someone tells you what they want? I'm not asking for specifics because I don't want um, to single anyone out. Like, oh, man, I can't believe what you're asking for <laughs> it doesn't ha it doesn't happen too much you know um yeah i mean it's far less frequent now especially like having a clientele that just knows what you do so when they come in for stuff they've already looked at all your stuff and they're like you know th this is why i'm coming to you because you do this well so getting doing ridiculous stuff I also get to pass that stuff off now. <laughs> it's what happens when you're in charge. Yeah, when you have five other people working for you, it's like, are you? who wants to make money doing this? Nice. Let's talk about the other people that work here. I definitely want to shout out to the rest of the tattoo artists because just flipping through the books down there, that's some impressive stuff from everyone. Yeah, yeah, I got a lot of good folks. 
I got my apprentice. Um, her name's Kate Gaffney. She's the only person I've ever really taught. And she's went from apprenticing for six months to being booked for months at a time. Nice. Real quick. And she's, she's my shop manager and all around hustler. <laughs> she understands the business. <laughs> then I've got Savannah. She's general. She's pretty young and new to the business, but she's meticulous and amazing with people. I know Kate's done at least one or two on my cousin, Jordan. Okay. And they looked really good. Yeah. What do you think is the toughest part about being the tattoo artist? I, f I don't know. The, the toughest part is really just, you know, being accountable for, you know, tattooings or getting tattoos is it's more, it's more of a serious thing than most people oh, yeah. take it to be. I mean, you're changing somebody's appearance permanently. So that, you know, that right there is, you know, 90% of the reason why I get up every morning at four o'clock in the morning. You know, that's why I won't drink at night or I won't drink at all because I know I need to be 100% the next day. Yeah. And nobody wants to feel like shit when you have to, you know, be at your best every day. I enjoy an alcoholic beverage from time to time, as people who know me probably know. <laughs> but I do do my best not to do it on nights I have to work. Just because, yeah. I feel like the job's the only thing keeping me from drinking every day. <laughs> At the same time, it's what pays for the habit. Yeah. So I yeah. got to be good and on my toes. Yeah. I mean, I used to be there when, back when we were touring and playing, man. That was, that was it. <clears throat> Playing was an uh, excuse the touring to get style. hammered. I can't. My body can't even handle that anymore. After once I hit get to like three beers, my body's like just just go to bed. Yeah, you, you, I'm too tired to keep going. Pretty much. What's the favorite part of tattooing? Yeah, my fi well, I mean the money's pretty awesome, but honestly, I love like making a connection with the people that you're doing stuff for. Like they just. Most of the time, they're so genuinely happy when they leave. And it's not its not like you're seeing them for five minutes. I mean, some some people, you're only tattooing them for five minutes. I think you, I was, yeah, I was here an hour. <laughs> yeah. But you bond, you talk. Like, you're putting them through pain. You know, people end up telling you more shit than you ever need to know. I bet, oh man, but you probably hear some good, Ugh. interesting stories then. From Too customers. many. But it's it's good insight into into the world. Yeah, of, people really of open humans. up. Yeah, it doesn't e take much. No, everybody's got their fucking baggage and issues, and we're we're all close to the same, different but the same. Yeah. Uh, one thing I definitely wanted to ask you about because uh, when I when we first started talking about getting together, I know you were getting ready to go to Scotland. Yes. So. I want to hear about your Scotland trip because you even did some tattooing over there. How was oh yeah, that? I did. Right. I did a lot of everything over there. It was <laughs> it was awesome. Um, completely different than I expected. It was. It took me like twenty eight hours to get there. Oh god! It was, it was lots of traveling. I was exhausted. And you I did. Uh, I well, you flew. Where'd you fly? End up flying out of? I flew out of Albany, but then we backtrack to Detroit and then oh god the opposite direction yeah yeah that was terrible going the opposite way and then flying over to the Netherlands and then finally into Aberdeen but it was, it was 
exhausting and I get there and I'm going through customs and uh, the guy's like, why are you here? I was like, I'm here to tattoo. <laughs> he's like, no, the fuck you're not. I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, I am. Were you like, bring in equipment or? I brought, yeah, I brought my oh, stuff. Okay. He's like, he's like, you don't have a visa that says you can work here. I was like, oh, oh man. I was like, I meant, I mean, I'm not really working. I'm on vacation. He's like, you're on holiday. I was like, yeah. So we went back and forth for a little while. And then he asked me where I was going and I told him and he was like, why the fuck would you go there? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. That's where my friend's shop is. And then I, I leave there and I go to the car rental place, pick up, go to pick up my rental car. And the lady's like, oh, what are you doing in Scotland? I was like, oh, I'm on holiday. And she's like, where are you going? I was like, Fraser, bro. She's like, why the fuck would you go there? So this place like, has a great reputation. Yeah, I was like, like, what the fuck is, what are you not, what are you, somebody didn't tell me something. <laughs> so I finally, I get in the car and it's the world's smallest Vauxville Adam. And I can drive a stick, mm -hmm. so I wasn't thinking. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. I'll, I'll get in the car and drive it. But the stick shift is on the left-hand side. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Until I started Opposite driving, side. I was like, holy fuck. I was like, I haven't driven a stick in 12 years, and it's on the left-hand side. This will be fun. And the GPS thing doesn't have any of Scotland's updated roads. And their Perfect. Road, yeah, it was great. It was taking me everywhere. And I just kept getting further and further from my destination. But the roads, they're not, there were some bigger highways, but most of the roads I was on, they weren't not big enough for two cars to get that past is, each other. That's like a, one of my fears is driving in another country is some kind of having to and getting stuck. Oh, it's an experience. And I got stuck. The, going the wrong way on some road and then just everyone oh. just honking and yelling at me. I was coming down. I hadn't seen a car for 20 minutes and this <laughs> truck came barreling towards me. So... There wasn't, there's, they have little turnoffs, like where it's a little wider so they, somebody can get, you can kind of move to the side and somebody can get by. But there wasn't one of these. There was a big stone retainer wall all along the side of me. And this guy came flying. So I jerked the car into the wall, oh, blew man. out both the tires. And he it's... stops and he looks at me. He's like, you all right? I was like, yeah. And then he just went on his way. <laughs> so I get out of the car. I'm looking at the tires. I'm like, fuck, there's no spare, no nothing. So I pull out my phone try to use the internet, trying to find a number to call roadside service or call the, the rental place. And there's a number. I was like, oh, cool. I'll dial up the number. Couldn't even dial up the number because I didn't know the first like four digits you had to dial oh, being yeah. in the UK. So I started freaking out and I called my wife and she's like a idiot savant with numbers. Like she, she managed a phone system a long time ago and just off her head knew you know, what the first four digits in Scotland were. Really? And I was like, perfect. So I called and <laughs> the lady's like, all right, we'll come get you. Where are you? And I'm like, I, I have no idea. Yeah. I was like, I'm literally surrounded by sheep and fucking hills. I was like, there's nothing here. <laughs> Sorry to tell you. So I had to sit there for about 20 minutes until a car came by and I jumped in front of it and the guy rolled on his window. And of course, you know, I don't look like your average Traveler. Scotsman. Yeah. He uh, <laughs> rolled down his window. I was like, here, talk to this lady. I put him on the phone and got that straightened out. And it was a long debacle. Tow wow. trucks driving on 
donuts. And then finally, by that night, I made it to where I was going. But it was, it was nerve wracking. Yeah. <laughs> 3,000 miles away from anything you know. And sheep. And sheep. Sheep in the night. And kind Scottish cows, which oh, that, all those guys are huge. Yeah, but they they don't really have many over there. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the That's lady weird. I stayed with was like, she's like, "What's a Scottish cow?" I showed her a picture. She's like, "Those are just like pets." She's like, "That's not. We don't really have <laughs> those, those are, here. Those are just pets." <laughs> I imagine the art of tattooing is fairly universal. Were there are there any actual differences in Scotland? No, they just charged a lot less in the town I was in. <laughs> when I tell people how much I was charging for what they wanted, they were like, "Huh? I didn't. I don't know how to. I don't know how you guys price things over here." <laughs> so you said you have a buddy over there. Is that how that came about? Yeah, I have a friend that I just through Instagram. Nice. Because I had uh, I was watching her posts. And I was like, that, "That doesn't look like anything around here." And then I messaged her one day. I was like. Where's your shop? She's like, in Scotland. I was like, well, fuck, can I come? She's like, well, I've never had a guest artist, but sure. Why not? And I did it. I was I was in need of adventure. I felt like fucking Bilbo Baggins. The- <laughs> I was like, I need to go. So I did. Bilbo Baggins. Another thing I uh, thought I saw you mention was teaching kids. Yeah. Are you involved with teaching kids? Not anymore. Okay. Um, I do once a year. One of my clients is a teacher out in Dwaynesburg. Oh, all right. We basically, he does like an Aztec unit and I go in and do like a, take them through, it's like a paint and sip without the sipping. And just um, sugar skulls are one of the things they learn about. So we take them through that and it's cool for the kids. It's What are the, some of the reactions you get walking in all tattooed and bearded for kids that aren't used to seeing something? Shit, the kids are, the kids are fine. I was the one who was surprised. I was like, oh, fifth graders, they're a lot bigger than I thought. <laughs> I was thinking they're going to be more like second, third graders. How old are your kids? My kids are eight and thirteen. What grades are? Well, thirteen is third and that's that third and eighth grade. Oh, eighth. Okay. But fifth graders are like preteen. Like, look at these little motherfuckers (laughs) judging me. (laughs) So it's it's actually a little nerve wracking at first, and then then everybody settles in and they don't pay attention to you, anyways. It's fun to see the kids little kids reactions sometimes yeah no kids are the best they're honest (laughs) most of them have good intentions so you're you're booked up pretty full for quite some time right yeah yeah um i overbook myself i do more tattoos in a day than i should most days but i've booked myself into april don't (laughs) don't know where i'm going to be doing most of them whether it'll be here or at the new location Kind of be back and forth till yeah, till I get it fully staffed. I know when you were doing my arm, you mentioned were you working on a children's book or was it already? Oh, I yeah, I wrote it, published it, published it. Tell me yeah. about the children's book, man. Oh, it's uh, an idea I had when my son was like two. I was like, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna write this book. I had the whole story planned out in my head. It's called The Adventures of Dres and Addy. Because my son used my son's name is Dresden, so I call him Drez. Yep. And he always used to call me Addy. But the basically the story is about a little boy and his bear, who you think 
the bear's the focal point throughout the entire book, and you you think the bear's name is Addy, mm-hmm. and he talks about Addy a lot in the book, and you don't find out till the end that he's not talking about his bear. Ah, but um, I don't know. It was cute. I had a hard time. I actually still haven't put it up online. I I wanted to upload it to uh, like so you can rent or buy it as like an ebook, but I'm not tech savvy, <laughs> so I just. <laughs> It's one of those things that just like everything else in my life, I like to like conquer things and just move yeah. on. There's like, a lot cool. of illustrations. Yeah, that was a pain like... in the ass. <laughs> like uh, illustrators are illustrators for a reason. Like they have a style. Things look a certain way. It's tough work. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't enjoy that part of it. <laughs> it's funny. I um, one guy I had on the podcast a long time ago, Craig Gravina, like a Albany beer historian. Him, he had a partner, and they put out a book. He's like. It is so much work yeah. for little payoff. Yeah, there was no no payoff. I spent more on the books than I sold, but I did it, and now I'm done with it. I, well, I mean, it's cool to say that, yeah, I've, I put out a book. It's yeah. just one of those things to put in the arsenal there. Yeah, I got, I got a long resume. I got, <laughs> I got more things I'm putting on it soon, too. So the shop's opening in Gilderland soon. Any big plans, any more plans going on for Union Street here or anything, or...? Nope. Anything else you'd like to... Don't don't change what's perfect, man. big future plans for Chad that you want to accomplish next? Oh, shit. I just want to figure out how to retire. <laughs> but I'm, I'm also... I'm getting... Uh, I'm going to learn to be a, a pilot. Awesome. So I'm going to fly planes. That's cool. How do you get into that? I don't know. I got a bug up my ass one day, and I was like, I want to fly a plane. And I did a episode... Do you know Real McCoy Brewing? In Delmar? No. The owner there, his name's Mike, and he mentioned it briefly on the podcast, and uh, I wish... And then he went into... When I was talking to him afterwards, he's a licensed pilot. He flew for a long time, so he might be someone you want to chat with. Nice. Go get a beer and talk to him about flying. I I figured, man, you see those movies where it's like the end of the world and there's a plane, but nobody can fly it. You want to be that guy when the the zombie apocalypse comes. Everyone's got to have a job. (laughs) That I think that's really it for me, man. Like cool. I said, this was quick, and I appreciate you taking the time and fitting oh, yeah. this in. Uh, yeah. You have any more appointments today? Got to go. Nothing inflict. today. Ah, no one else to inflict pain. Kids, on today. dinner, and drawing for tomorrow. Nice. So that's gonna do it for this episode of Stories from a Bar. Thanks, Chad, for hanging out. We got to. Uh, me do it. Yeah, we got to talk about what I want to do next, tattoo wise. Oh yeah, get you in the books. <laughs> uh. So be sure to check out the INI website at INITattoo.com. You can follow them on Facebook, on Instagram to see all the awesome stuff. Chad and the rest of the crew here are tattooing and putting out piercings as well, right? Yeah. Lots of piercings. Anything else you want to throw in? Nope. All right. So a big thank you for everyone out there for checking out the show. You can find Stories from a Bar on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at StoriesFAB. Be sure to check out the show on Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. Definitely YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. More importantly, leave fantastic reviews. Trust me, it's appreciated. We can see them. It just helps spread the word. So until Smash next time. Smash the like button. <laughs> hit it. Hit. Click that little thumbs up. So until next time, cheers. And if you want a tattoo, be sure to come to INI.